Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Conversations podcast channel. Our conversation today will focus on inflation, though in context to one's retirement plan and some approaches to consider for planning your future spending accordingly. Joining me here on the line for the conversation today, glad to welcome back to Top of the Morning, Ainsley Carbone, Total Wealth Strategist Americas, as well as Justin Waring, Investment Strategist Americas, both with the UBS Chief Investment Office. So Ainsley, Justin, good morning to you both. Thank you for joining us and looking forward to our conversation today. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. So I know Ainsley, Justin, our conversation today will be tying right into the most recent edition of the Modern Retirement Monthly. So that title, Inflation Rates and Planning, the Retirement Smile. So looking forward to digging into this with you both. And Ainsley, I know over the past few weeks, if not months, inflation has been making headlines and yielding concern amongst investors. So for those in or even close to retirement, how should they be thinking about inflation in context of their financial plan? Thank you, Dan. So I'd like to start off by just kind of saying, you know, forecasting future spending is a huge part of the retirement planning process. The reason it's so important is because we have to make sure we know how much we were gonna we want to spend so that we can make sure we save enough to support that desired lifestyle in retirement. And when forecasting that future spending, it's really important to account for the rising cost of goods and services that you plan to consume over time. So inflation essentially lowers the purchasing power of the dollar. And so if you don't account for that increase in the cost of living, you might not end up saving and investing enough to meet that higher those higher costs that you're going to face in retirement. And as a result of that, you run the risk of running out of money before the end of your retirement. So a good starting point to account for inflation and account for the rising cost of goods and services is to take your current budget today if you're if you're close to retirement and then inflate that spending number through the rest of your life using a constant rate. And this constant rate is usually derived from the forecast of an index of broad economic inflation, such as the Consumer Price Index or CPI. But the challenge here is that not all goods and services rise in price at the same rate. You may end up overinflating some of the items that you spend money on and underinflating others. And what's more is that the composition of your spending or what you're spending your money on is going to change over time. So if you can forecast spending in a way that accounts for inflation, but also acknowledges the fact that you're likely going to change the composition of your spending over time, it's going to help make these forecasts much more realistic. And as a result, it will hopefully lead to higher levels of confidence when you're planning for your retirement. Well, thank you for that backdrop, Ainsley. So running with that a bit, and maybe we can switch over, talk about these approaches. I know, Justin, in the latest Modern Retirement Monthly, you analyzed two financial plans that used different inflation assumptions to forecast spending in retirement. So Justin, can you tell us about what you uncovered when comparing the results? Yeah, thank you again for having us, Dan. Um, as as Ainsley just mentioned, a good starting point is to assume that your current budget uh, is increased every year by some inflation measurement. Um, a common uh, inflation assumption is 2.2%, for example, per year. Um, so that's the first financial plan that we ran because this is this is usually the starting point for a conversation. As as you get to you know get into deeper conversations with your financial advisor about planning conversations, though it's a good idea to get more specific about the the spending goals that you have. And so you might want to split your retirement budget into more than just one one line item. Some things that you you will you know spend 
uh, you know, earlier in retirement, some, some spending that might kick in later in retirement, some expenses that might um, not, you know, might end at, at some point in the middle of retirement, et cetera. And so for to sort of to emulate that, we ran a second retirement plan that looks at uh, some data that that the RAND Center for the Study of Aging uh, found uh, by surveying a number of retirees and looking at, at how their spending um, changes during retirement. If we look at the average retirement um, experience, we find what we call the retirement smile, which is essentially that in uh, in today's dollar terms, you know, adjusting for, for inflation, uh, the spending actually tends to dip into 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 the middle of retirement. So from age 65 to age 86, spending actually drops about 20% in real terms. In other words, uh, we're not used to thinking about things in real or inflation-adjusted terms. Um, it 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 does increase, uh, but doesn't increase as much as inflation, and so it falls short of of what you might assume if you assume constant inflation. It falls short of that uh, by about 20%. And this is essentially, you know, uh, vacation spending, travel spending, um, you know, uh, eating out of restaurants, things, things that you do uh, more in early retirement than you do in, into later retirement. Um, you know, this, this reflects essentially that those, those parts of your budget tend to kind of fall off uh, as, you, as you get older. Um, and then, of course, later in retirement, so the other part of the smile, the, 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 uh, the, uh, the upward sloping curve as you get uh, towards age 100, um, it comes from higher costs of health care, essentially. Um, you know, you're going to have more long-term care needs. You're going to have more, uh, you know, more spending for, for health care overall as a result as you get later into retirement. So, in other words, just to recap, um, the retirement smile observes that spending tends to fall in real terms uh, through about age 86 and then rise faster than inflation and therefore rise in real terms uh, through the end of your life. And so what we found was uh, when we compare the results of these two different financial plans, the first being the simple constant inflation number and the second being the retirement smile, we found that the normal starting point, the constant inflation assumption, uh, drastically um, overstates the cost of retirement versus the retirement smile, which again is derived from real retirees' expenses. Um, and as a result, it, it shows a probability of success of 61% for the constant inflation number versus 80% for the retirement smile number. Now, again, these are both plans with uh, $10 million of starting assets and $400,000 of starting income, uh, starting spending. It's just that the path of spending um, changes. It, we're, we're assuming a different path of spending over, over the course of the career. The retirement smile essentially they spends uh, modestly less than than if we assumed constant inflation, and more of that spending is is deferred into later retirement years, which means that your portfolio has more time to grow. And so, um, you know, what can we do with this information? Well, um, another way to get the similar result as the retirement smile is to adjust downward the the amount of inflation that we assume. If you keep the average, if you keep the constant inflation assumption, but reduce the spending increase uh, from 2.2% a year to 1.55% a year, we found a very similar result, an 80% probability of success um, as, as what we found with the retirement smile. Another option is if you, if you do believe that 2.2% is the right spending increase, um, if you wanted to have an 80% probability of success and bake in that amount of spending increase, 
then you would need to cut your year one spending from $400,000 a year down to $352,000 a year, uh, which is a pretty significant lifestyle decrease. Um, and so what we, what we're learning from this ex experience and this comparison is that, uh, if, if the retirement smile does indeed look like what your family spending will look like, um, it's likely that your current plan, assuming constant inflation, uh, is understating your probability of success. And you may even be able to allocate more capital, um, for causes that go beyond your lifetime for the legacy strategy. Uh, in the parlance of our UBS Wealthway framework, uh, these are assets that we can devote to inheritance uh, or to charity and, and, and other things that go beyond, beyond our lifetime. Well, the analysis and findings, Justin, both very interesting, and I do highly encourage our listeners and especially our clients to make reference to the publication where they can dive deeper into both. Though, thank you, Justin, for walking us through that. Now, Ainsley, with this information that Justin shared with us all now in mind, when it comes time for our clients to meet with and discuss their financial plan with their financial advisors, what do you recommend should be covered during that conversation or even a series of conversations, as I'm sure this should be an ongoing one? Yes, you're absolutely right. It's certainly going to need to be an ongoing conversation. I think one thing that we need to be kept in mind, you know, when listening to our conversation and reading the report is that we looked at two different scenarios or two different financial plans where we applied two different inflation assumptions, let's say. And it's important to keep in mind that your situation is likely not going to look like either of those. You might be something that someone who spends closer to, let's say, that constant inflation in some assumption or someone who spends closer to more similarly to the retirement smile. It's not going to be exactly alike. So what needs to happen is you need to have these conversations. And we suggest be, trying to be as specific as you can be when it comes to developing the goals for your financial plan. Now, this is never an easy process to do. Um, I, I think it takes a lot of time. And like you had said, Dan, you know, it takes a series of conversations. But it's helpful to think about the expenses that you need or want to meet in retirement. And you need to be as specific as you can with those. And this is especially true. It, it can be especially difficult when it comes to retirement planning because it spans over so many decades. But one strategy that you can use to help uh, kind of uh, drill down on the details of your spending objectives is to consider thinking of your retirement across phases. So some of the research, I believe it was by Michael Stein, some of one of his research reports suggests breaking up your retirement across four phases. First one being the transition, which would be your first few years after leaving full-time work. Second one, second one would be the go-go phase or an active phase. Third, the slow-go phase or a passive phase. And then the last one would be the no-go phase. So you'll likely have different – the thinking behind this is that you'll likely have different activities and hobbies planned for each of these phases. The traveling that you're going to be doing in your earlier phases will likely take up a much larger portion of your budget than in the last two phases. Um, so I think it can be maybe an exciting activity to go through with your significant other. If you're planning with someone else what your retirement is going to look like, you want to ask what you plan to do during these phases. How how might those plans impact your spending and how are, is that spending going to change across these phases? For further information on this, I certainly encourage everyone to read the report. But I, I just want to to kind of stress the fact that Spending, thinking about your spending across these phases it can be a helpful exercise to, to lead you to a better understanding of your goals. 
which you can then share with your advisor as you go through that planning process. And this information that you can share with them is going to be particularly helpful for the advisor because what they can do is they can then use it to layer the different spending goals in the financial planning software that they're using. And this is going to help lead you to a more realistic spending path for your family rather than just using one that's simply inflated using a constant inflation assumption. And by doing so, as we had kind of discussed before, as what, what Justin was kind of speaking about before is that by doing so, we hope that you'll be able to find, uh, you'll, you'll get a plan that's going to show much more accurate results and hopefully it'll lead you to have higher levels of confidence when going into retirement. Well, Ainsley, very actionable and valuable guidance that will serve our clients well during these conversations with their financial advisors. So thank you for that. And Justin, as we begin to close out the conversation for today for our listeners and especially our clients who want to learn more about what they heard on today's podcast, what are some good next steps for them? Definitely. uh, Next time you're meeting with your financial advisor, talk to them about these concepts um, tell them about what you aspire towards in your retirement years. Um, you know, retirement is more than just, you know, meeting your day-to-day expenses. So um, I, I hope that by getting more granular about your goals, you'll feel empowered to achieve new things that you hadn't thought of. Um, by applying these uh, more specific uh, spending forecasts rather than the normal, you know, catch-all constant inflation approach, uh, as Ainsley said, we'll, we'll help you get a, a better picture of what your what your retirement plan and, and, and what your retirement life will look like, which might allow you to meet your goals with less resources. It might help you, um, you know, you know, devote more of your wealth to future generations, to charity, to your community. Um, and this can help you also, um, you know, implement investment strategies that help you to better meet those goals. By allocating capital into the liquidity, longevity, and legacy framework, uh, we are able to align the investment strategy for these different purposes of, of your of your assets uh, based on the time horizon and and purpose of of those dollars, and that will ultimately help you achieve your goals with more confidence, and it'll help you um, invest with less um, with less angst about what the market's doing on a day to day basis. Uh, so hopefully you can have that conversation with your financial advisor. The last thing that I would mention is that uh, when we do financial planning, one of the numbers that, that is like the most foremost in our minds is the probability of success, which is essentially a Monte Carlo analysis trying to simulate all kinds of different uh, market environments to make sure that your portfolio uh, will be able to support your spending, even if markets are, are going through very difficult um, uh, market uh, periods of, of, uh, of the market cycle. And, uh, you know, one, one of the things that we really want to stress there is that you should not be targeting a 95% or 100% probability of, of success. What we found is that if you have a plan that has a 95% probability success, it's likely to be substantially overfunded, which can lead you to either uh, sacrifice your lifestyle or compromise on your inheritance in philanthropy goals. Uh, so instead, we think that we should be targeting probability success somewhere between 75% and 95%. This will be enough extra margin of safety to account for prolonged periods of subpar market performance. Um, often worse than we've ever seen historically, uh, you know, without allocating so much capital that we're um, missing out on opportunities to grow that wealth for the future. Um, and so, yeah, 
it all starts with a conversation with your financial advisor. And as you mentioned, Dan, and also as Ainsley mentioned, um, this is not just a single conversation. So you, you want to have the conversation with the advisor, come back to your family, talk this through with your spouse, um, to the extent that your children are, are, in, are involved in those decisions as well, talk to them. Then the next time you with your financial advisor, you know, iterate on the process. Uh, over time, your financial goal analysis or, or, or your financial plan should have more and more, um, you know, complexity to it and more uh, representative of, of what your actual life will look like in retirement. Well, Justin Ainsley, very educational segment today. The conversation doesn't end here as we've been reinforcing. Uh, perhaps it cannot be said enough for our clients. Please be sure to connect with your financial advisor to start or perhaps even refresh or revisit the planning conversation. Very important. Although Ainsley, Justin, thank you again for joining us today on Top of the Morning. Always great catching up and we'll look forward to having you back on again soon. Thank you. And again, today we've been joined by Ainsley Carbone, Total Wealth Strategist Americas, as well as Justin Waring, Investment Strategist Americas, both with the UBS Chief Investment Office. Now, as a reminder to our clients and listeners, the UBS Chief Investment Office does author a variety of publications and blogs that touch on timely market developments, asset classes, and portfolio allocation. These resources can all be located on UBS.com forward slash CIO, including the publication that both Ainsley and Justin have been making reference to on the podcast today, The Modern Retirement Monthly, Inflation Rates and Planning, The Retirement Smile. So for clients of UBS, you can contact your financial advisor if you would like to learn more about today's topic or receive a copy of the publication directly. Top of the Morning is part of the UBS Conversations podcast channel, which is available where podcasts are found, including on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Pandora. Visit UBS.com forward slash studios to view the entire podcast offering, as well as the new UBS trending video series. From UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us. UBS Wealthway is an approach to cooperating liquidity, longevity, legacy strategies at UBS Switzerland AG, UBS AG, and UBS Financial Services, Inc., and our advisors can use to assist clients in exploring and pursuing wealth management needs and goals over different time frames. This approach is not a promise or guarantee that wealth or any financial results can or will be achieved. All investments involve the risk of loss, including the risk of loss of the entire investment. Time frames may vary. Strategies are subject to individual client goals, objectives, and suitability. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at UBS.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.